turn again now to the Gospel of John and chapter 14, and we can read at verse 25. John 14 at verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. And so on. So we continue to look at the, these passages and in, in these chapters. The, the words that the Lord Jesus spoke to the disciples in the upper room. As he was journeying towards the cross. And in his last few hours with them. And we noticed last week that there are five of these passages where the Holy Spirit is described as the helper who comes to the people of God. And as we begin the chapter, we see that the disciples are troubled. As we read these verses, we see also in verse number 27 that they are still troubled. And so the Lord Jesus is speaking into their troubled hearts, trying to encourage them and trying to instruct them as they journey on. And when we are in times of trouble, one of the things that we do experience is that we can have a crisis of confidence. And that means very often that we, uh, we struggle to trust even those who come to help us. And so we have to be sure, we have to know, we have to take great care and we want to be reassured that the person who comes to help is genuine and can offer to us the help that we do need. And there is something of that in the way in which Jesus develops the role of the helper in these chapters. He wants in this section of verse 25 to make sure that they appreciate that the helper that he is sending is genuine, will help them in accordance with their needs, and will therefore be the means of strengthening them and encouraging them as they go on. And in general terms, all of these things are important for ourselves. And in coming to faith, we look to be assured of the genuineness of the Lord Jesus and of his salvation. And how we could, how we could question that raises a big question about what's going on in our hearts. But we do sometimes question the suitability, the, the genuineness of what the Word of God says about the person of the Lord Jesus. And as we journey on through life, the same is perhaps even more true in the sense that in our journey we need that reassurance from time to time of the, the genuineness of the way in which God is working in our hearts. And if we have that, then what a change in our outlook what a change in the way that we think and what a change in the way that we live and behave. So we come to this second section and as we, we begin in verse 25 we see that the same thing is there. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. He knows that they know he is leaving them and they know in their hearts that he is going away and that is what deeply troubles them. And so in these verses we want to look tonight at 
that the Holy Spirit, the helper, as the teacher. And I want to think, first of all, of the messenger. And as I said, if they are going to receive this messenger and his message, they have to be sure of the genuineness of the messenger and of the authority with which the messenger speaks. And we read in verse 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, here is the helper. We come across the word once more. We saw it in verse 16. It's the person who comes alongside to help and to support us in our need. And in one way we can understand that by the way in which we ourselves call out for somebody to come and help us in our need, to support us and to carry us through. But in this case, they are not the ones who are calling out for the help. In this case, God, the Father, is the one who is sending a helper to be alongside of them. And perhaps in the midst of the greatest crisis in the Old Testament, as we read in Isaiah chapter 40, where God himself is repeating his words of comfort. Comfort and comfort my people, says your God. Tell them that their iniquities have been atoned, but tell them that they have suffered enough repeating the, their need for comfort. And here we, we are face to face with, with the beauty and the encouragement that this helper is no human being. We know what we're like ourselves. We let ourselves down. We let others down. As helpers, we are not really that dependable. So he is drawing their attention to the fact that the helper is the Holy Spirit of God. In other words, he is equal with Jesus, the Son of God. He is equal even with the Father. He is the Holy Spirit of God. And when we think of the life of Jesus himself, what is he promising to them? He is promising to them nothing less than what he enjoyed himself. He came into the world and he was filled with the Spirit of God. He came to be baptized and the Spirit descended upon him from heaven in the form of a dove. And the voice came from heaven and said to him, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He went in the power of the Spirit of God. He went into the wilderness to be tested. He came into Galilee to begin his ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. If we can think of raising the stakes, we can think of, of raising their hopes, their thoughts, way above all that happens in the world around them. And to look at him and the help that he received. And to look at the way in which he was able to live his life away from his heavenly father, away from the heavenly home here in this world by the very helper that he is now promising to them. And in every step that he took, 
in coming down from the heavenly home, living his life in the world, going back towards his heavenly home. Every step that he took, he took it with the help of the Holy Spirit, the helper that he is now promising to them. Climaxing in the very way in which the writer to the Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 9 that Jesus, the Son of God, the High Priest, that he offered himself up through the eternal Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to God. Why should they fear? If the Helper who enabled the Lord Jesus to go from here to endure the cross, despising the shame, and who is now at the right hand of God, and why tonight would we ourselves question the help that God can give to us when the same helper is the one that our Savior experienced? And when the going got tough for him, that in these moments the Spirit of God ministering to his needs upheld him and strengthened him. And he arose even from the Garden of Gethsemane itself where there was so much darkness and so much standing against him and so much a sense of his own humanness and of his frailty. Rise, let us go from here. Filled with the energy and with the power of the Holy Spirit of God. The messenger. But when he reassures them of the name of the messenger, it is perhaps more important the name in which the messenger is coming. And that is what provides the foundation for the help that they're going to enjoy, for the comfort that they're going to experience. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. God is going to follow the same pattern. What is the pattern? It's the pattern of the heavenly kingdom. It's the pattern of the way in which God establishes salvation. The God who sends his son into the world. The son who repeatedly says that, for example, in verse 24, the father who sent me. The son is deeply conscious of having been sent by the father. It's the way in which God works to establish salvation. And now in the same way, the father is going to send the Holy Spirit. The same principle, the same direction, the same way in which he works within the plan of salvation. So not only is there a similarity between the way in which the Holy Spirit helped Jesus and the way in which he's going to help them, there is the similarity in the way in which he is sent within the covenant of God's salvation within the pattern and with the design of God as the only way in which God works to save his people. There is continuity in the way in which God is working. And when we come to look for the assurance of faith, one of the foundational things, whether we appreciate it or not, is the continuity between the work of the Son of God and the work of the Spirit of God. They dovetail. They are in harmony. They work together in the heart of God. They come to us in the same way, with the same purpose, with the same goal, with the same end in view. 
And to go even further than that, Jesus wants to tell him that the Father will sing to him in my name. And when we're going to send somebody in someone's name, the person is the representative. The person comes with the power associated with the name. The person comes with the authority of the name. Commissioned by the person named. He comes with the full power and authority of the person in whose name he is sent. And it is very central to the comfort that they are going to receive. That they will remember that the Father is sending the Spirit of God. Not in the name of the Father, but here in the name of the Son. And for sure the the name speaks of of power, authority and of of identity. But when you think of of the name of God in the Old Testament, the name that speaks, that shows the character of God in Exodus 34, for example, then when he sends the Spirit in my name, says Jesus, brings us to think of his character, it brings us to think of his work, And it brings us to think of the combination of these things and how they are at the very centre of our salvation. There is the messenger. And Jesus is going to leave them. And how are they going to live without Jesus? And they now have to realise that when the Spirit of God comes to them, that it is all about Jesus. Jesus. That he comes in the name of Jesus. That he comes at the request of Jesus, as we saw in in verse number 16. That he comes with the authority of Jesus. Everything that he is going to do in their lives is going to be centered upon the person of Jesus. And for ourselves, the Holy Spirit is perhaps someone that we think so little of. Because we think so much of the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. And we are reminded here of of the way in which these work together and and the way in which it is the Holy Spirit that, that has the important work of working in our hearts, in our lives, bringing to us the grace that brings salvation in the first place and carrying us through Every step of life's way as we journey on as the children of God. The Holy Spirit, the helper. And tonight as we hear the word of God, he is the person who is alongside us. And that's not in any way to diminish the importance of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus. But the only way tonight in which the Lord Jesus is with us is through the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is the one who works in our hearts to bring us alive so that we see the beauty of Christ. To keep us alive every day so that we live a life conformed to what Christ Jesus requires of us. The messenger. We give thanks to God for the way in which in this time of crisis that this special 
messenger is brought before us here and we carry in our minds not just how important he is but who he is and the authority that he comes with and the authority that he carries in the kingdom of God the messenger secondly there is a ministry a silent messenger is of no use to anyone and of course at one level when we come to to, to counsel if we're going to do that and counselor is a word that's used to, tran- to translate helper in some of the translations that we have if we're going to counsel someone sometimes the best thing we can do is to listen but in this case the messenger who says nothing will bring nothing to me and will bring me no help he must be a messenger who has a ministry and the ministry that this messenger has to help those to whom he comes is a twofold ministry and the first part of the ministry is that he brings them something new and that's so critical and so crucial to them where they're going and critical and crucial to ourselves where we are and where we are going he brings something new he is he will teach you all things the person who, who takes us by the hand the person who has insight and, and knowledge and who is ready to, to impart that knowledge to us and we who, whom he takes by the hand ready to receive the instruction it's the picture of, of reception as well as proclamation and communication the teacher and the pupil they come together because they have an interest in, in the development of the pupil and everything that's put in place arranged in order to ensure at the end of the day that the pupil is instructed and uh, grows up and matures and develops into the potential that that person has the teacher has that role and here he teaches all things and of course that doesn't mean that if we have the Holy Spirit we know everything if we, if we think that then there is something far wrong and it's certainly not the Holy Spirit that has taught us that but, but the all things speak to us of the things that are hidden even in the word of God and hidden in God himself it refers to the undiscovered treasures of the purposes of God and Paul captures the idea in 1 Corinthians 2 where he, where he speaks of the way in which I has not seen nor ear heard neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him but God has revealed them to us through his spirit the spirit who searches the deep things of God and who brings them to the attention of those who don't in the, who haven't in the past understood them and who raises them up puts them into the education process and so the, the child of God sits in the classroom with his teacher 
who had set before him at the riches of the depths of, of the mystery of the will of God, broken down and explained in such a way as to get the child of God to grow, to feed upon the very things of God. And were that not the case, there would be no development. The Spirit of God that teaches all things. And the same Paul speaks in Ephesians 3 in his prayer. He speaks and prays that we would be strengthened through the power of the Spirit of God in our inner being. So that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the height, the depth, the length and the breadth. And to know the love of God which passes knowledge. Takes us into a whole arena that's beyond our understanding. Unless the Spirit of God comes and gives us the insight. And we know what it's like when, when the Spirit of God comes to, to make us the children of God at first. We marvel at what we see in the Word of God. And we marvel at how others cannot see what we are seeing. The, the, the lights go on, the, our minds are enlightened as the catechism says. And we come to understand and to appreciate the things of God in a way that we never did before. A ministry that is absolutely essential in the kingdom of God. And as the word of God is preached, so the helper, it's the teacher who is in our hearts. Where he, where he strengthens, in a sense, the, the partitions of the, of the chambers of our hearts. He strengthens us in the inner being. So that we may be able to receive these great truths. And find our joy in, in the knowledge of our God. As he is our Father in heaven. And to know his love and to know and understand more and more of his purposes for our salvation. New things. Tonight, if we are the children of God, we know that the Spirit of God shows us new things. We may spend our lives hearing, listening to the gospel but it doesn't bring us anywhere until such a time as this comforter comes and as he opens the scriptures to us. We, we remember the story of the Lord Jesus and the road to Emmaus with, with the disciples and they're confused. We thought he was going to redeem us, save us. Have you not heard of what happened in Jerusalem? They have lost their hope. What did Jesus do? He opened the scriptures. From Moses to the prophets. And he opened their understanding. And he opened their minds. To see. What the scriptures had to say about himself. The ministry. Of new things. So critical. And so important. For them and for us. And that ministry of new things is also a ministry of old things. In other words, old things that they had heard before. He will bring to your remembrance all that I have said 
to you. When the teacher comes, the helper comes, when he comes, he also has the role of taking the truths that are fallen asleep in their minds, that they have lost sight of, the great truths that Jesus told them about himself. And when the teacher comes, he has that focus. He, he takes all of the new things of the Bible and the teaching of the Word of God, he takes all of these new things and then he brings to their memory the words of the Lord Jesus so that he places the words of the Lord Jesus and the passion of the Lord Jesus into the context of the new things that they are now learning. And so that in the classroom, in the lesson, in their curriculum for education, wherever they go in their Bibles, Jesus comes and they understand what they heard about him now in the light of this new context and of this new message and of this new chapter and of this new revelation. It's all about him. And of course it must be when it comes to that understanding. He will bring to your remembrance. Praise the Lord that he does. What do you remember yourself tonight of all that you have heard in the gospel from God by the power of his spirit how much you have heard in 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years how much do you remember the loss the falling by the wayside of the treasures and the wealth of the gospel how much goes through our minds and we lose it and we leave it all behind. And what a wonderful moment it is when the teacher comes along and as if he took away the veil and as he opened a cupboard in our minds and we find in there the rich treasures of all that the Lord Jesus did for us to save us. And we think, how could we possibly have forgotten that? So precious, so central of the passion of the Lord Jesus, of the work of the Lord Jesus in his death and the power of his resurrection. How could we possibly forget these things? But we do. And so they were going to come after the resurrection. And the Spirit of God was going to come as their teacher. And they were going to remember. Jesus said to them in John chapter 2 that destroy this temple and, and in three days I will raise it up. How can you do that? 46 years it took us to build this temple. But after the resurrection, they remembered his words and that he spoke about his body. Repeatedly they heard, they failed to understand, they forgot. And after his resurrection, things are falling together and there is a growing picture. And the growing picture is of the marvel of what he had said. The marvel of the, uh, failed to understand what he had said. And now the marvel of the fulfillment of all that he had said to them. The ministry of new things. And the ministry of old things. And what a blessing 
Tonight it would be to know this teacher helping us in this way, showing us the new things, or stirring up the things that we have forgotten, that have fallen by the wayside in life, to bring them alive in our minds once more, to excite our hearts with all that the Son of God is because of the work of this messenger. He's a reliable messenger. He has a reliable ministry. And finally, we want to think of mindfulness. What were they going to do with the words that Jesus spoke to them? What do we ourselves do with the words that God speaks to us? Mindfulness, bearing things in mind. We might be great hearers, but so often we are great forgetters. And we lose everything that God gives to us. And they had to learn mindfulness. And he goes on in verse 27 uh, to speak of, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to I give to you. My peace. But especially, you heard me say to you. Bear this in mind. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. If you loved me. In verse 15, at the very outset of the section, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you loved me, you would have joy because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. They are to be mindful of the whole work of salvation. And not that the Father is greater than the Son, when we come to think of them as they are Father, Son and Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Godhead, but the Father is greater than I when it comes to this work that I am doing here as the servant of the Father. I have come to lay down my life. I have come to raise it up again. This commandment I have received from the Father. The Father is greater than I. And he has said from time to time that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. He has even said to them in verse number 20, that day you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. It's them being mindful of the purposes of God. And if you loved me, if there is such a thing in your heart as love for me, it was based on, on commandments earlier. But here we are coming to the very center of the work of God. The Father is greater than I. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. If you loved me. This is love, says John in 1 John 4. This is love. God sent his son into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. 
If you loved me, you would understand that my Father sent me because of his love for you. If you loved me, you would understand that God is love and love is from God. And you would see the cross as that place where love is shown in all of its glory. And then says John, we love him because he first loved us. We are to be mindful of the work of the kingdom of God, the work of, of redemption, the work of salvation. And they are going to be mindful of it as those who love the Lord Jesus. And to understand what that means. And if tonight we are saying we love him, and we don't grasp the significance of where we see the love of God expressed most as the place which is the foundation of our salvation and where we are coming to, to appreciate that as those who have the love of God poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit of God. Everything that God is doing comes back to his love for us and our love for him so that there we find our assurance. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Be mindful of what I've said. Be mindful of what I'm doing. And know my peace I give to you. It's the benediction. It says farewell. As God told Moses to tell Aaron in Numbers chapter 6. To bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. And Jesus blesses them in that kind of farewell. My peace. The peace that comes through the blood of the cross. The peace that comes from the God of peace who brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus. My peace I give to you. And tonight that's uh, our encouragement as we think of the Holy Spirit, the Helper, as our teacher. And we are mindful of the fact that we are in God's school, college, university, seminary of his redeeming love. And when we look all around us, all of the branches of the curriculum in which the Spirit of God is engaged in our lives is to bring our attention to the ways in which the Word of God in its entirety gives to us tributaries and channels of communication that bring us back to the centrality of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And may God help us tonight with that helper. May he comfort us with this person coming alongside us. And may he give us new things. And may he remind us of old things. And may we so have our hope and our confidence in him. May God bless his word to us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we do bow before you and marvel at your care and your interest in your disciples. We can never go into the experience that they had 
in that unique time and the experience of the kingdom of God. But we are thankful for every way in which the words spoken to them speak into our lives from day to day. And help us, O oh Lord God, to hear, help us to obey, help us to listen, to take to heart. May we be in your school and under your teaching and in your education and may we so learn day by day to trust, to live by faith, to know confidence in you and the assurance of your love for us. Day by day we do pray. Help us and hear us. We ask all these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.